I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today, I'm here with Gary Lipsky. Gary is the founded or founded Break of Day Capital at the end of 2016 with a mission to positively impact the lives of investors and the communities in which they invest uh, through the highest level of transparency and fiduciary responsibility. So I, I feel like I butchered that a lot. I'm sorry, Gary, and I'm sure uh, you're going to do a much better job uh, telling us about your background and, and sort of what, what your company does. But um, first of all, just thank you so much for, for coming on today. Yeah, I appreciate it. I really enjoy your show. Awesome. Thank you. Um, well, let's do that. Let's let's just kind of hear about your background uh, and then we'll kind of dive into, and, you know, I think people, a lot of people I'm sure know you and uh, know that you wrote the book on asset management. So I'm sure we'll touch on that a bit too, but um, I'd love to just kind of go into to, to whatever seems to strike us. Yeah. You know, I, I always had that entrepreneurial like desire when I was young we shoveled driveways in the winter. I grew up in New Jersey. We auto detailed some cars in, in the summer. Um, uh, during college, we started a uh, kind of like a DoorDash. You know, there was I went to Boston University, and there was a company doing it in Boston. And when we came back home for college break, we started a company. And you know, I think the first night we had like three deliveries. And by the end of the summer, we were doing like sixty-five deliveries a night. We set it up for people to run it, and 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 they ran it into the ground. But uh, it was it was cool to see that progression. Um, and uh, I co-produced a, a few uh, low-budget independent movies in my twenties. And then uh, I was writing a script with a buddy of mine who who owned a music music education company, and he introduced me to a school. And they said I needed a a lifeguard. And you know, fast forward fourteen years later, we were working with 9,000 students daily, mostly at risk youth throughout Southern California. Um, when I saw that we had, we were doing after-school programs, we had portable rock walls, kayaks, camping gear, mountain bikes, um, rock climbing gear. Like we, we took, we brought adventures to the kids at their schools. And then we also took them out, you know, um, to local, you know, parks and Joshua Tree and Yosemite and whatnot and, and teaching them life skills while doing these, these cool activities. And um, I had been investing in real estate for a while before that. And I had built up a really good team and it was, it was hard to leave something that's so impactful, but I was ready for my next chapter. And uh, um, like I said, we had a great team in place and, and that chapter was real estate. So I sold that company and got into real estate full-time and started investing in other people's deals and then started doing uh, my own deals soon after. It's, it's quite, I, I love that a lot of the people I talk to on the show have really pretty varied backgrounds, right? It's like, I think people tend to say, you know, oh, here's, here's this real estate investor. Probably he came from whatever it is, whatever the perception is, came from, came from money, started in real estate with his parents, that kind of thing. But, but 
that's almost never the case realistically. Like, I feel like most of us have that same similar, that's funny that you were at BU. I'm from Boston. Like I, there's just, <laughs> we're now both in LA that we've, we've seen uh, some, some similar parts of the, the country. And it, I think, you know, everything you do along the way certainly has a, an impact into your career in real estate investing. Um, and I know, you know, a big, a big part of what you do has to do with impact. When you, when you started you know, you were, you were working with the at-risk youth and then you were, you said you were kind of investing in real estate at that time. How did it start for you? And well, let's start there. How, how did it start for you? Where did you go first? Yeah, it was, um, it was the first house I bought for my family. I didn't look at it, you know, like our parents did, like, this is a forever home. I was looking at for a value add play. Yeah. You know, I didn't have money for a down payment. I had debt. I mean, you know, I, I, I was lucky enough to get a house, get in on the market. And uh, what I, I did was convert the garage to an office for that business and knew that I was going to get $700 of rent a month and help cover my nut. Um, and then, you know, we opened up the, uh, the kitchen and I just added a lot of value to that house and trying to build wealth. You know, I, I didn't know that that was like, you know, I was going to have this whole foray into it, but that was like, that was, you know, laying the, the seeds, you know, the groundwork to what I was doing, you know, eventually. And, and, and then, you know, we had that kind of downturn, you know, 2008, 9, 10, and I was looking to buy another house. Um, you know, my kids, we were looking for a place where they can, you know, have a good education and not, not pay for private school. So we invested in a house moved down in Manhattan beach and again, just looking for that, looking for that value in the best place to put my money and did phenomenally well there, converted that house to a rental and we moved literally down the street and, um, and then started looking at some, some four bedroom, uh, for some four unit type stuff and whatnot. Never pulled the trigger on that. Was looking at a 12 unit that I was going to buy, trying to build, um, build my resume but then eventually I ended up buying a 42 unit with some other people. And um, that was the right way to go by pooling resources and not worrying about building my own small resume. I was able to pull, re, you know, pull, um, pool resources and buy a $1.65 million property. Um, and then from there we went to a $15 million deal uh, because we had those relationships and we were able to again pool resources. So um that was, that was really, really important. You know, real estate is a team sport. And, and if I was kind of solely just trying to do it myself, uh, trying to build my own resume, I, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, I'd be, you know, maybe I'd have three, you know, 12 units, but now, you know, we have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of units and over a hundred million dollars worth of assets under management and another, uh, hundred in, under escrow. Yeah. It's, um, I think, you know, that there's a good point there in that, you know, you started with, I don't know if you say accidental, you know, accidental landlord, some people put it that way, but it's, you're kind of just, I feel like a lot of us, you're just like living your life and trying, <laughs> trying to figure out, and you know, my, my wife and I, she, she knows now we've been together long enough, but it's like, we we've done a bunch of live in flips and it's, and she knows 
if if we're looking at another house, we're not we're not looking at the nice house. We're, like, we're looking at what whatever we can put the most value into so that it becomes the nice house. And it's just I don't even I don't even want to see one that someone already fixed up. And and so you you kind of tend to start that way, and then you realize the power of it. And so then you moved to this uh, I think it's a one one point six five million forty two unit. Is that is that right? And did you do that? Was that like a joint venture or syndication? How how did you? start into the multifamily. Yeah, it was a syndication. Um, and, uh, you know, a guy I was working with at the time, he found the deal, raised the bulk of it. I mean, I raised a very small amount, but um, just that experience of it and, and, and putting together the team um, and that, the, so the next deal I raised, I don't know, f- five times as much. And the next thing, you know, I just kept building that, you know, my, my, working that muscle and building that ability to raise more each time and getting more comfortable with it. Because at the first, in the, in the beginning, like anything, it's, it's hard to get comfortable with it. It's your, it's your first time, but you get enough reps underwriting, you know, looking at deals, um, you know, communicating your story, you get better and better and better at it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. When you talk about capital raising that that's something that, I don't know, maybe some people are good at it right in the beginning, but it, it's one of those things that for sure seems like just every deal, you can get a little bit better. You can get a little bit more comfortable with the conversations that you have to have. You you also may have repeat investors. So, you know, some of that stuff is just going to build upon itself. And so it, it's just kind of sticking with it and, and playing that long game. Um, we You wrote book on asset management, best best in class. And so how did you... How did you kind of get to that point where you felt like uh, you were going to write this book? What, what were some of the experiences contributed to it? Uh, you know, I think I think it's a, it's a, I've read it. It's a valuable resource. I think what did you what, what brought you to the to the point of, you know, kind of getting into that space? Yeah. So, you know, based on all my other experiences, running a business um, was a strength of mine. And so that's why I kind of focus on that, you know, the asset management piece. Um but, you know, when, you know, before I started the book, I, I certainly didn't know everything there is to ask imagine. I, I, I still don't, you know, it's every day you're kind of, you know, that you're, you're learning something new. And I, I think that's very important, you know, because you never know whether it's a newbie or, a, you know, veteran, there's something to be, to be learned every single day. Um, but what it allowed us to do is, is, is put our processes down on paper. So improve, you know, made it, made us improve on our systems. And if we didn't know something, go out and find out that information and put it in the book as well. So I had a podcast going on too. I still do the real estate asset management podcast. So I'll bring on guests that, you know, I want to, you know, speak to and, and potentially learn from. Um, and I know that my listeners want to learn from as well. So that, that gave us uh, some some material as well, um, but it, it's a long, you know, hard process because, you know, even when you finish the book, you send it to the editor. The editor makes a correction, sends it back, and you've got to read this again. And that, like you, at this time, you've already read it fifty times. You're like, I don't want to read this anymore, <laughs> you know. And and but you're, you know, you obviously want to make sure every every you know I is dotted and T is crossed and this and that. And so, it's it it takes a while, you know you know, putting the cover together and whatnot, but, um, I'm glad I, I, I've done it. Uh, I've got, you know, people reach out like when, when is volume two coming out? I'm like, I'm in, I'm in no rush to get to volume two yet, you know, but yeah. one day probably. 
Yeah, we all we all still want to learn. <laughs> we all still want to learn more, right? As you said, every day, it, you know, it, I, I think it's true. You know, asset management, especially, it's it's there's always something to learn, and it's it's always shifting, right? You know, one uh, one big thing. I don't know if you're dealing with this or not, but one thing we're dealing with on the asset management side right now is is delinquency. There, with through COVID, with all the eviction moratoriums there are a percentage of tenants that just essentially decided I don't have to pay rent anymore and kind of couldn't, couldn't do anything about it for a while. And then now uh, it seems that the, the courts are, you know, the County courts are, are very, very backed up. Um, what sort of challenges, you know, that that's probably, I feel like the biggest challenge we're encountering now, what, what sort of challenges do you think it's important for people to to be aware of uh, that are going to get into the space and, you know, kind of, I, I know they obviously can read your book, but do you have certain things that you find come up commonly um, as far as issues that you think are important to touch on? Yeah, you know, um, there's a lot, there's a lot of issues and I think having a team is important because, you can share experiences, you know, having different skill sets is important. And then you also have a wider network too, because, you know, if I didn't, if I haven't encountered this problem and didn't have a great solution and neither my, neither have my other partners, I can just reach out to my network and say, Hey, have you, have you encountered this? Or do you know someone that I've encountered this? You know, like use your network, you know, you're not, you don't have to do it alone. And then obviously your property management company, but uh, I guess, you know, some of the key things for, for newbies is, is, is being undercapitalized. You know, it's really important because you don't know when COVID is going to hit or Texas freeze or something else. Just be well capitalized. I'd, I'd, you know, if that means raising an extra 500000 and your IRR goes down a half a point, do that. Don't worry about getting to the max IRR. Um, you know, you're, I'd rather, I'd much rather under promise and over deliver. Um, so don't, don't be chasing IRR and, and you don't want investors chasing IRR too, because if they're, if they're not savvy enough and, and just chasing the highest IRR, they're going to, they're going to be in big trouble very fast. You know, they need to bet on the jockey, on the person that is, 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 is not just saying they're conservative, but really puts in a lot of different buffers, has that extra cash flow. Um, I, I mean, ha- has that extra cash reserves. That's what's going to get you far in the long in, in the long game. You know, people jump into real estate thinking, "Hey, I'm going to make a lot of money," but it's it's a, it's a long game. You know, you'll do well for time, but um, don't you know? Don't overpromise and underdeliver. That's you're you're going to be sunk. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's a really great point. And and the, you know, not chasing the IRR. It's I mean, it's definitely something that I as as a syndicator I have you have that sort of internal struggle because it's like, I see other people advertising deals and they'll, they'll be putting out these like really high IRRs. And I don't understand. I don't understand how they're getting to those numbers. Right. I mean, I understand you can get to the numbers by, (laughs) by massaging the data and and what you input into your model, but, but it's, I I don't, I would much rather tell you that the IRR is going to be 14% 14% and it ends up 18% then the opposite right whatever numbers you want to throw out there so i just think but but yeah some some investors are going to see that you know well this guy's offering you know whatever it is a 20% irr 
not realizing that none of that is guaranteed. And, and so, you know, maybe their, their projections aren't, aren't conservative, aren't truly conservative, or maybe just someone else is better at finding deals than I am. I, I don't, <laughs> I, that's also an, op- uh, a, an option there, obviously, but I just think that it, it's a really good point to, to say, you know, being, making sure you're capitalized and, and not trying to show, you know, whatever the absolute highest number you can in terms of returns for the investors, because, Again, it, they're all projections. Um, what about you know in terms of while you're while you're actually operating, you know, do you have say specific things that you think are best uh, use of capex? You know, things that you you go into a property and you're like, we definitely do this every time or or most of the time. Yeah, I think um, I would start with branding. So. Uh, signage, you know, what's, what's the property name? You know, we've changed a lot of property names. One, one property uh, that we bought in December was called Ironwood Apartments. And then we came up with the name Icon and now we've been using it on a number of different properties, Icon on Park, well, Icon something else, you know, so we've been using that name and we totally, you know, we, you know, worked on the outside first, uh, paint, landscaping, you know, change the whole look of the property. And before we were even renovating, you know, that many units, people were wanting to stay and paying a premium because they saw what we were doing. Work orders were getting fixed. Um, you know, we're, we're getting completed. So um, if if the exterior needs to work, work on, do it that first, do the branding, do the signage, uh, get that done because then people can see. Um, and it's a good reflection on them. They want they want to live in a place that looks nice too, you know. So that's clean. Um, that's important. Then you can work on on the uh, you know the the interior stuff. Um, and then just keeping keeping track of all your expenses um, and having buffer in there too. You know, the bigger the property, you need you know roof reserves. Even if it's brand new roofs, you know things things leak, um, HVAC, you know, be, be, you know, you, you have, um, you know, the reserves that the, the lender requires, but that's, that's not going to cover everything. Have plenty of extra in your CapEx as well, because maybe you want to pivot. I mean, there's, a, there's been properties where we bought that we really didn't think we were going to paint and we ended up pivoting and painted, but we had extra money in there to do that. And it paid off, but if we didn't have that extra money, we, we couldn't paint it. Um, so, um, you just like, you know, like I said, what, you know, extra CapEx, extra working capital, that, that goes a a long way. Um, other things we like to do starting off, um, every, every deal is a a little bit different, but most important thing too, is just tracking all of the expenses that, you know, the, the CapEx so that you don't run out of money and and overspend in one place. And then you're like, oh man, I wanted to do that because, Things will evolve over time after you own it too. That you might want to add or adjust, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've run into exactly that. It's like the the, the painting example is perfect. We bought a a, a brick uh, property, a brick exteriors. The brick was in good shape, but it was like all of a sudden we realized, well, this could look a whole lot more modern if we go ahead and paint this. And it, it does. I mean, it, it transforms transforms the property. So, um, v- very good, very good points. What are you? Um, you know, it's no secret that there's a lot of uh, supply chain issues. The cost of construction is is going up. So, as an asset manager, what are you trying to do to combat that? Yeah, you know, when you're when you're underwriting a property, and um, 
price is going to change by the time you buy that property three, you know, three months later. Um, and then you get to the work, it's going to be more expensive. So building like, you know, building those buffers don't, you know, have contingency. Um, um, also you want to pre-order stuff, get, you know, don't wait until that unit is, you know, um, someone's out to start ordering the stuff, have that stuff in advance. So it's ready to go. You want to trim those timelines as much as possible. Um, order in bulk. There's, we ordered doors for property. I think, um, 176 doors. Um, and we, we saved, uh, probably like 15,000 by having a drop ship there. We, we just needed to get a container and as far as them having to hold it all in their storage, it was just a tremendous saving. So that's, that's, you know, one way to get it all up front. Um, so buying in bulk helps if you're working with a property management company that is, is big enough, they can get some, some discounts on, on, on purchasing as well because of that buying power. Uh, so that's, that's worthwhile. Um, and, you know, a lot, a lot, I don't, I don't want to wait for sourcing of, of goods because it's just things don't get done that way. So you're going to have to pivot and source something else if you can't get what you need. You know, don't, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't like, uh, I don't want to waste any time. I want to get things done. and, and well, Yeah. Yeah. No vacancy. The <laughs> time delays are real, real killer. I mean, that, that's the, it's, it's financially. And also I think just mentally it's, a, it's, very frustrating to be like, oh, we're going to be done with these units such and such a time. And it's like, oh, we couldn't get the cabinets, whatever the case may be. But sure. yeah, the points of of having these things in advance, getting getting you know ordering in bulk, um, all can make a big difference ultimately in in the bottom line. Um, are you are you vertically integrated? Or are you use third party management? No, um, we use third party property management. I get asked that I get that question asked a lot, but. My my previous business, it was you know low margin. We had you know seven hundred employees, another seven hundred uh, independent contractors. It's a tough business. You know, property management is a thankless, low margin job, and so I'd rather be able to yell at someone. And you, know, you guys find a solution. I'm not that I yell, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, versus me having so many employees, and then you've got to keep that you know, that's still going, you know, you, you've got to have a certain amount of properties. You might need to like buy something you might not want to buy. I'd rather be lean and um, agile versus having this, you know, immovable object that it's just really hard. So um, property management is, can be, you know, having someone can be frustrating at times. You've got to find someone that's, that's good. And that's why, you know, we typically operate, you know, Tucson Phoenix, where there's, there's plenty of, of, of good options. You know, when you're in a very tertiary market, you have your, your talent pool is very limited. So, um, that, that can be an issue, you know, um, you lose one good person and then you're, you're you'd be screwed. So, um, I, I like to invest in areas where there's a decent amount of talent. That's, uh, that's a great point. I, I guess I haven't really, really ever thought of it that way. I think there's, there's a lot of talk, uh, lately about, you know, with interest rates going up, are we going to have a recession? That kind of thing is, you know, is this a good time to invest? And I think if, if, if anywhere is going to be affected, it's, it's probably going to be those tertiary markets where there isn't the same level of uh, talent, maybe there's not the same level of uh, tenant base, you know, the, the things that, that really drive the ability to, to, 
run your properties correctly. And I think that the talent point is, is a great one in the sense that, you know, if you're in a, in a, in a city, this is where people, people want to live, people want to be there. You have that access to talent. So that's, that's a great point. Um, and I, I think I've talked to different people on, on the show about, you know, being vertically integrated versus not an, <laughs> I almost feel like every argument is convincing, right? It's like your point <laughs> totally makes sense. And then some people are like, no, I, I want total control over it. And it, I think that ultimately it has to be, it has to be a business. If you're going to be vertically integrated, your, your property management has to be a business that you are, you know, almost like a separate arm of your, of your overall company, because it can't just be, Hey, I'm going to, you know, stick people in here, or you won't get those benefits of, of being vertically integrated. You won't have that same uh, ability to, to really scale and, and grow. Um, when you, when you are, you know, sort of working within a deal and you are, you know, kind of maybe you're thinking about through your asset management, what's my exit strategy? Do you have things that you kind of look at specifically to, to work towards that exit strategy, certain things that you think are going to help, help you exit better than, than others. And you mentioned, you know, sort of start with the exteriors. Um, but, but what do you think from, from an exit standpoint? Yeah. I, you know, um, there's always that, um, that allure of value add, you know, so on that 42 unit, we, we had renovated uh, all the units. So what we did, you know, we met with the broker after a year, we were kicking butt on that deal. And, and so we came up with a plan to add a platinum level. And so for an extra $1,700 per unit, something like that, we were getting like a $125 rent bump and we did like five units. And so it, you know, they were able to put a performer together and sell the dream to, you know, to the next person. And, you know, like this is where you could take it to, you know? And um, so, you know, having some meat on the bones is important, um, you know, for the next buyer. And it's, 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 you know, talking to a broker, seeing where the market is and, and we're looking to maximize um, time value money for our investors. So we'll get that really big NOI spike, you know, in here and then, what happens is it'll level off after that once you've done your big value add. So right. we're not necessarily looking to hold a refi for those next three years. Um, we want to get into the next deal and keep going like this versus this and then this, this and then this, you know? So yeah. we um, we want to uh, keep looking to, to maximize, uh, you know, velocity of money. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. So meaning ultimately once you've completed the, I guess bulk of your business plan, you're you're looking to exit and move on to the next deal. It 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 makes sense, you know, right? And and as you said, that allure of of the value add proposition to the to the next buyer. So, um, I mean, really really great points, uh, Gary. Why don't we switch gears a little bit, and I'll ask you the questions that I like to ask every guest. Um, we can dive in. Uh, there, mostly not real estate related, actually, I guess, but the, uh, the first one is related to the name of the show being know your why. So, so what is your why? What, what drives you? What, what kind of keeps you going every day? Yeah. Um, you know, I've got, uh, two girls and I want to, you know, provide for them and give them, you know, everything that they, you know, they want, you know, 
private college or, you know, you know, we want to do nice family vacations and whatnot. So it's my why is, you know, to provide for my family and, and have that, you know, quote unquote financial freedom. I mean, I, I, I work my butt off as a syndicator, but, uh, but at least I know I get out what I put in versus if I'm working for someone else, you know, there's, you know, which I, which I never did and never could because I just get bored out of my mind. I need to be, I need to be the one, you know, I, I, you know, creating that, that, that wealth and that value for my family. And that, that excites me, you know, that get wakes me up every day and, and, and is a, a driving force. Awesome. How old are your daughters? Uh, 16 and 20. Oh, okay. So yeah, college is, college is happening. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, second question for you, uh, tell us something about yourself that, that maybe isn't common knowledge, a special skill, a hobby, anything that you're uh, comfortable sharing. Yeah. Um, I, when I moved down to Manhattan beach, 2011, yeah, 2011, I, I never played beach volleyball in my, in my life really. And so I started, I saw people working out on the beach. I'm like, Oh, that looks like fun. So I've, I've been an addict ever since. And I play, you know, twice, uh, twice a week early in the, uh, Thursday mornings and Saturday mornings. So I, I love it. I, I love being active and, uh, um, you know, hopefully I can keep playing till you know, seventies, eighties, whatever, you know? Yeah. The, the beauty of living in Southern California, Southern California, right? You just go <laughs> walk out your door and play, uh, play beach volleyball right there. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Um, when people hear this and they want to reach out, what's the best way to, to get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, my website, breakofdaycapital.com. Um, you could sign up for our newsletter, uh, fill out an investor application. Um, we have got our social media links that you can, you can connect to. We're on you know Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. So definitely reach out and connect. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put, we'll put all that in the uh, show notes too. So people can, can connect with you. Um, Final question for you. What, what piece of advice would you give to someone who is, you know, just getting started in real estate investing? They're trying to kind of make their mark. What, what would you tell them to kind of get them, get them going? Yeah. Don't do it alone. Find a mentor, find a group. There's lots of good groups out there. Uh, it just provides fuel and enthusiasm because going out alone, it's, it can be, um, it's hard. And then there's no one kind of like holding you accountable or, or at least, you know, kicking butt too, to kind of like, you know, get you jazz and like, Oh, I want to, I want to do what, do what he or she is doing. So get involved with There's so many groups out there and so many opportunities to learn a lot of free content out there as well. Take advantage of it um, and partner up with others um, because you go definitely go further um, with a team and, and the beauty of real estate, it could just be one deal. And if you don't, obviously do your due diligence on the people that you're teaming up with, but um, just because you do one deal with someone doesn't mean you have to do all your deals with someone else. And if it doesn't work out, so, um, but uh, yeah, um, leverage, you know. Yeah. Leverage, leverage the network. And, and I, yeah, it's, it, uh, I learned very quickly that syndication is not a thing you can do on your own. It's <laughs> as, as someone who had a very much had a DIY mindset, I, I learned very quickly that it, it just doesn't work. There's too much to do. It's, it's not humanly possible, I think. So uh, it's, it's great, great advice. Um, well, listen, Gary, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, appreciate your time and, and sharing everything that you did with us. So um, thank you. 
I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, we will go ahead and sign out. Bye, everyone. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.